you doing, Doc? I need fuel! And we're back to another episode of Fuel on the Fire. I have got a lot to talk about today. I'm going to start off with some happy news for my guy, Nick Foles. He has just won the SB for Best Championship Performance. Of course, who else would it be? That's the only logical choice, because he did it all. And nobody thought he could, but he did. So he wins again. And he also wins the offseason because he is leading the entire NFL in player sales merchandise for the entire offseason. And that means when it comes to jerseys, bobbleheads, t-shirts, posters, photos, Nick Foles has sold the most. And again, Tom Brady comes in number two to him in this. And just after that is Carson Wentz. So... Nick Foles, congratulations. You are the Super Bowl champion, SB winning, off-season winning quarterback, but probably that will be the last of it, unfortunately, because those two guys I just mentioned, Tom Brady and Carson Wentz, will probably be right back up there as number one and number two. So, good job, Nick, and congratulations on all that. It's fun to see you having a playoff performance of a lifetime and an offseason of a lifetime. If you never get a chance to play quarterback as a starter again, I think you're pretty much set for life already. So that's all good. After that, I see we've been talking about the Saints running backs all offseason. Who's going to go where? How the suspension is going to affect that running game? They finally signed Terrence West after we talk about all the different guys that were already on their roster. And now they signed another running back. And not even another in-between-the-tackles running back. They signed former giant Shane Vereen. Yeah, you heard it right. Shane Vereen. I don't know what this has... How this is going to affect the Saints... But he doesn't seem to be exactly what they need unless they plan on turning Alvin Kamara into a in-between-the-tackles runner for the first four weeks and have Shane Vereen out of the backfield. But then why did they sign Terrence West? I'm confused. I don't know what the Saints are doing. I'm guessing Shane Vereen probably won't even make the roster. Who knows? In an update from... A Fantasy Fuel episode not too long ago, we told you Randall Cobb was in a walking boot. Well, he's not anymore. And that's pretty much all the news there is with him. He was in one, and now he's not. Packers said he wouldn't be in it for long. Apparently, they were telling the truth. I never know what to believe in those uh, injury reports from teams, but here he is, not in a walking boot anymore. So take that as what you will. It sounds like he might be good to go. Uh, in other fantasy fuel favorite team and player news, Darrell Revis is finally officially retiring. Now, that's not too much of a surprise. He was a shell of his former self the last couple of uh, outings he had. But man, this guy, when he was on, he was on. And to give you a little bit better perspective of that, if you didn't already know, Versus 
three of the best wide receivers in the league while he was playing. T.O., Randy Moss, and Kelvin Johnson. Here are his numbers. He played three games against each of them. Against Terrell Owens, T.O. had eight catches on 19 targets for a mere 46 yards and an interception by Revis. That is insane. Versus Randy Moss, he had nine catches on 19 targets for still under 100 yards, 88 yards. Moss did have two touchdowns, so he does have that going for him on Revis. But Revis did still have an interception on those 19 targets. And versus Calvin Johnson, this is the most impressive one to me. Uh, Four catches on only nine targets for 57 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. To lock down Megatron like that, that's something. Because that guy could catch anything you threw at him. And they didn't even want to throw at him when Revis was on him. So, there you go, Darrell Revis. I would think he should be a lock for a Hall of Fame one day, but you never know. Uh, It was a pretty good string of years, but after all that was said, Randy Moss commented back in the day that it's not an island when you have safety help. Now, I'm not going to (laughs) bash Darrell Revis. I thought it was pretty funny. That Randy Moss would say that because it's not entirely untrue. If you do have safety help, you're not just going against Darrell Revis. But he did it long enough that we should probably give him his props. And congrats to Darrell Revis on a great career. And hopefully in five years we'll see him heading into Canton at least soon after that. And speaking of the Jets... Neat little stat I saw the other day. The Jets have three 69-yard touchdowns in the past two years, while the rest of the NFL only has two combined. I'm not sure what that says about the Jets, but apparently they love 69-yard touchdowns. A couple of interesting violations in the news. These aren't too serious, but I thought I would let everybody know because they are fantasy-relevant players. Cardinals tight end Ricky Seals-Jones was arrested after a hotel refused to let him go to the bathroom. Now, we don't know 100% what happened here, but it sounds like he was a little tipsy, probably more than a little tipsy, but he was just asking to go to the bathroom. And the hotel refused. So he went to the attached restaurant, and they also refused. So after that, he got a little belligerent and shoved somebody. Again, we don't know exactly what happened. But man, I I guess I would say I have a couple of things to say about this. Number one, let the man go number one. And number two... Wow. If he's got to go number two, please let him go number two. Because there have been videos and other uh, incidents out there, not of NFL players, but there have been people that were crazy enough, if they were drunk enough or high enough, to go right then and there, right in the middle of the room. So, if you're going to refuse somebody to go to the bathroom, you have to expect that they might do something stupid like that. 
<laughs> and which would you rather clean up? The area in the hotel with carpet and couches or the bathroom? Because you know it might get messy either way. But that's enough about that. That's disgusting. I'm sorry. The other violation was from Emmanuel Sanders, a guy we here at Fantasy Fuel love and are targeting in that seventh round all day. He pled guilty to a lane change violation after a crash. Now, he was not involved in the crash. He just tried to go around it and was not using the proper lanes. So, there you go. He got busted. You know, all those people that like to uh, move out onto the shoulder when there's standstill traffic and all that good stuff. One day, you'll probably get caught and you'll have to plead guilty. And he's going to be fined $50. So it's been a pretty tumultuous off-season for Emmanuel Sanders. Maybe we should start a GoFundMe to get him his fine paid for. Now on more fantasy-relevant news, uh, the Ravens open practice... And in their first practice, there was a play where Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson both touched the ball. And apparently the crowd went nuts. And the very next snap, Jackson and RG3 both touched the ball. So, are we going to see a gadget-filled offseason and then go right back to nothing? I don't know, but I think the Ravens are playing to the crowd and the media, at least to start off, because there was no other news from teams or anything like that <laughs> when that happened. So, is Joe Flacco safe because they're going to get Lamar Jackson on the field, or is Joe Flacco going to get removed because Lamar Jackson gets on the field and wows and does everything that he needs to do to get on the field? It'll be interesting and the fact that RG3 is involved in this, that's, that's, I'm, I'm very curious to see where this is going to go because I could possibly see, just to throw a little of that fuel on the fire, I could see the Ravens, if they're so impressed with Lamar Jackson and RG3, maybe they trade Joe Flacco to a team that loses their quarterback somewhere in the offseason. They're not going to get rid of Lamar Jackson, and RG3 isn't really tradable material. Well, maybe, maybe you, you'll hear it here first that Joe Flacco might be on a different team before the end of the preseason. Okay, we'll move on to something I wanted to say on our last podcast, but I didn't find a way to fit it in. And this time I found a way to fit it in. Saquon Barkley, he is now on a player, the top player list uh, of guys under the age of 25. Uh, here's this list. It's, it's a pretty decent list. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Evan Ingram, guys on the defensive side of the ball like Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, Joey Bosa, Nothing out of the ordinary there, but Alvin Kamara and Zeke aren't a better player than Saquon Barkley. 
Saquon's not even stepped on the field. I mean, yeah, we all know he's got the tools, but he's got to do it now. And the Giants don't exactly have the greatest offensive line yet. But, I mean, if you're going to put him on that list, it might be because of what Eli Manning said about Saquon Barkley. He said, quote, His quads are the size of my waist and upper body. I've never seen anything like it. I don't often stare at another man's legs, but in that case, you can't help it. So apparently Eli is enamored with this guy, and maybe there's something so hypnotic about his legs that he can get into the top player list without ever playing a down. Another guy that Fantasy Fuel has been high on and... It's been more and more, every time I read something, I am more and more impressed about this guy's leadership ability. And that guy is Mitch Trubisky. I was not impressed with his play last year, but again, he didn't have many targets. And he didn't have you know much of a fighting chance last year. Well, they went out and got him his targets, like we've said before. And he apparently doesn't read any of our commentary. Mine, ESPNs, anybody, he's not going to hear it. He's not going to read it. He says, quote, we're on the inside. We know what goes on in our building. I kind of feel bad because people got no idea, so they don't really know what they're talking about. And, of course, that's true. But, man, that that's kind of the leadership you're looking for in a team and a quarterback. I think we might be on to something. So... Even before this, uh, Tom and I were were on the Trubisky train, and it's not stopping. There's nothing coming out that's making me doubt that he's going to be another great leader for the Bears. So if you're on the fence, I'm I'm more on the train than I was. So you should go out and get some shares of Mitch Trubisky because I don't think you can regret it. He doesn't cost a high pick, so get him. Just stash him. I know in most dynasty leagues, he's probably already on a team in a taxi squad somewhere. But if you're not in a dynasty league, get a share of him somewhere. I know most people say don't go get two quarterbacks, but why not? Some people stashed Carson Wentz as a second quarterback last year. I could see the same exact thing happening this year. Stash him. Who cares? Trubisky might be that guy to win people leagues. And in other quarterback news, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy GQ. This this one could be talked about for a while. Because if he doesn't play up to snuff, this might be the point where somebody looks back and goes, Oh man, here we go. He He, he fell into the lifestyle and he never came back out. And if he does play good, they're going to look back at this and be like, man, this guy is cool as a cucumber, and there's nothing that can rattle him. And the news is Jimmy Garoppolo went on a date with porn star Kiara Mia. Yes, you heard right, porn star Kiara Mia. Now, I'm not going to advocate going and Googling anything about her 
because the one picture I saw of them two together, she basically looked like Snooky from Jersey Shore, except a little worse. And I'm not sure how that's possible. But there you go. Jimmy Garoppolo and porn star Kiara Mia out on a date. This may be the point where 49ers fans look back to and said, oh, what could have been? We had our franchise quarterback, and then he started getting into the Hollywood, the porn star lifestyle. It's funny. I don't know if anything will come of it, but I had to let everybody know because maybe, maybe that drops him in your rankings a little bit, not knowing if he's a wild man, staying out all hours of the night, Doing God knows what with God knows who. So here you go. Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't have any shares of him, but doesn't say I won't. It shouldn't prevent me from taking him. But this might be the point we look back and say, oh man, what could have been. And before I get on to a couple little rants, I just have to say this. The Falcons have apparently informed Julio Jones he will not receive a new contract this year. Okay. Jones skipped OTAs in minicamp to show he didn't like his contract. He's the eighth highest paid receiver, which I don't think that's anything to you know be mad about. But he is behind guys like Sammy Watkins, Jarvis Landry, and Devontae Adams, who really haven't accomplished a whole lot yet. Uh, the Falcons told Jones they weren't budgeted for Julio to receive a raise, but are hopeful he will report to training camp on time. Uh, Jones would have put himself at uh, risk of daily fines by skipping practices. That's pretty much like every team. Uh, the Falcons are saying that Jake Matthews, Ricardo Allen, and Grady Jarrett are all considered higher priority ex- extension candidates because Julio is signed through 2020. So there you go. Here's the one of the bigger holdouts for a contract of the offseason is Julio Jones, and that just it doesn't make me feel any better about Julio, even though I was already low on him to begin with. Julio, I don't know what you're doing. The Falcons are pretty much got their hands tied if you want to win. And you're already getting paid a pretty decent amount of money. So what's the point? Show up and prove everybody wrong that's saying you're not going to have a good year this year. I'd like to. I like watching you. So show up. Do what you need to do. The Falcons are considered one of the front runners in the NFC anyway. So why jeopardize that, Julio? Get to camp. Come on. So now... I've got some beefs with some people that I see out there online. I go out and I answer questions in different places, you know, the Facebook groups, SleeperBot, Reddit. I I go everywhere and I answer some questions when I have the time. But guys, when you ask a question, please, please specify what type of league you're in. PPR, Standard, Dynasty. We need to know. We can't just do every single question as if it were a vacuum and I can decide whether or not you're in PPR or half point PPR 
It doesn't make any sense. If you want a good answer, you have to ask a good question. So please specify. Give us details. Details are what win. So when you ask the question, all you have to do, should I trade Devontae Adams for Devontae Freeman? Well, they both go in the second round normally. But if it's a dynasty league, maybe you think differently. If it's a standard league, maybe you go running back over wide receiver. If it's PPR, maybe you go wide receiver over running back in that spot. There's too many variables that we need to know in order to make an educated guess. Well, guess, I don't know about guess. An educated response at least. So please, give us some details. And speaking of the different types of leagues, when you say you're in a dynasty league and then ask which guys I should keep... You're not in a dynasty league. You're in a keeper league. That really gets me. I want to be in keeper leagues. I haven't been in a keeper league in a while. Well, I've been out there looking for a decent keeper league that I want to get into. But not once am I going to refer to it as a dynasty league. Dynasty leagues, you keep everybody. Or at the very least, I would say... If you have a 25-man roster and you're keeping 20 out of the 25 guys, I guess that might be considered a dynasty league too, at least in my opinion. But if your league is, I keep three people in my dynasty league. No, you don't. You keep three people in your keeper league. So please don't confuse everybody. It's a keeper league. It's not a dynasty league. When you have to decide who you're going to keep, It's not a dynasty. I like both. I'm almost, I think, because I'm becoming one of those old school fantasy guys. I've been doing this for 25 years. I'm starting to lean towards redrafts and keeper leagues a little bit. I like living in the now. I like trying to win now. It's been a while since I've done a dynasty league in which... I decided I wasn't going to win the first year and I was going to build for the future. I have a hard time doing that anymore. So if you're in a dynasty league with me, it's probably going to be one that I'm going to try and win right now. I'm not going to worry about collecting draft picks. I'm not going to worry about the young guys. I'm I'm, I'm going to try and win. I like the money now. So again... Don't refer to your keeper leagues as a dynasty league. It's insanely annoying to me. Please, keeper leagues, ask your question, who should I keep out of these people? But if it's a dynasty league, that question should never arise. Who should I keep in my dynasty league? Well, all of them, unless you're trying to make a trade. Then go ahead and ask your dynasty league question. And the last thing I have to rant about this week, it stems from an NBA article, actually. But it's if this is true, how this is all going to work out, it's going to affect sports insanely badly. 
Is that the right way to say that? It's going to affect all sports very, very negatively. And the article said, uh, an agent recently said that this year's rookies were affected by online negativity. His players got really upset if they read criticism on Twitter or a mean post on Reddit. And apparently there are a lot of young NBA players that go on Reddit. And those guys grew up with social media. So apparently it hits them hard. Now, on the surface, that just seems kind of funny and immature. But if you really take a look at it, this could be the downfall of sports as we know it. I know that sounds a bit dramatic, but if you really think about it, if these guys are reading social media and they can't stop, it's an addiction, and it is, a, it is an addiction with some people, they can't stop reading it, they read the criticisms, it affects them, it affects the way they play, it gets in their head, what's to stop anybody out there from organizing a giant group of people to go online to trash one person before a really big game, try and get in their head. And if that's the case, they're going to push it to every game. And those players are going to react and they're going to play badly. And then people that are in fantasy leagues, people that are sports betting, it's going to be a whole new ball game, literally. Because if we as fans and people that use social media, if we can affect the games, we're done. There is no room for that. So there's going to have to be something that happens, whether we, as a society, read uh, social media differently or at least educate our youth on how to use it better because it is, you know, fairly new. We don't, we didn't realize all the ramifications of social media. It, it's, it's grown in leaps and bounds, almost too fast for us to, you know, react to. But again, if we as just average Joes can affect somebody's play, it's it's going to be the death of sports as we know it. It's it's going to be people that can predict how. People will be affected by online negativity. That's not good for the sport. It's not good for the players. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for fantasy, baseball, basketball, football. It's not good for any of that. And I don't want it to come to that. So hopefully this is just one of those weird, fun posts that we see out there online. And these guys aren't actually being affected too much by it. You know, of course, we're all human. We can be affected by negativity, of course. But let's hope it doesn't get past a little bit. Because if it starts getting up there, I I would not be surprised that we see a downfall in sports, in marketing, in merchandising. Because 
if you can get into people's heads and affect it, I mean, it'll be just as bad as, you know, the Warriors winning every single year because they can go out and get everybody to sign with them. It sucks. It's becoming not fun to watch the NBA for me, and I don't want that to spill over into the NFL, which is, of course, my favorite sport. I don't I don't want to have to worry about that. So I think that's all I'm going to say about that. If you've got anything to add to that, I would love to hear it. Uh, you can email me at fantasyfuelpodcast at gmail.com. You can go on our social media uh, at Fantasy Fuel or me directly at Fantasy Fuel JJ. And if you're listening out there on Apple, I would love a review. We would love a review. And also, uh, we're starting to get some calls and texts uh, in the next episode of fantasy fuel with tom and i uh we've got some things that we'll go over uh roster advice and you can do that if you want to give us a call at 608-492-3443 you can call or text us there with anything roster trade advice anything we'd be more than happy to go through it and we'll put you on the air we'll have at least a couple of those on the next episode So until then, I thank you and I'll try not to fan the flames of this fire too much.